Well, good morning, everyone. I'm glad that you were able to make it here on such an unseasonably warm time. Oh, this is good. This is good. Boo, someone. That's an ice fisherman right there, I assume, right? Yeah. Hey, I just want to give you a couple announcements of things that we got coming up here. We got the men's retreat. If you could save the date, we've already had the slide, but remember, save the date March 10th and 11th. So, gentlemen, right now, grab your phone. Wives, grab the phone for your husband because they'll forget or whatever. Just get that date down. We're going to be at, Air, I think, at Airhood Bible Camp again, correct? Yes, yeah, so we'll be there. Um, the youth retreat is April 14th and 15th, and that also is at Arrowhead. So I encourage you, um, adults with kids, you know, make sure you sign up. Just know that that's going to be going on at that time. We got the youth spring retreat. And just a little side note, some of you that are going to be not going on that, the national canine unit um, training thing happens around the states, and the regional one for Wisconsin is happening here in our county, and we're going to do, if you didn't know this, sometimes we get some of the canine dogs and they hide drugs in the, the children's wing over there, and they go and find it. We usually have about 15 dogs here. We're going to have like 60, and uh, they're like, hey, can we do a meal? I said, oh, we can help you with that. So if anybody wants to help with a meal, uh, feeding some of the canine guys at the same, that's going to be the same time here at uh, the church. Also, Christy Mountain, March 4th, is the skiing thing. So Christy Mountain, March 4th, make sure you mark that down. It's going to be a great time. And that's the stunt double. I'm sure Tony could do that, but he may not uh, yeah, be able to walk after that. I'm not sure. All right. So also we got a, those of you that were able to um, add stuff to the suitcase for OTN who went to go meet Robert, here's a quick little video from them. Hey guys, I'm in Kenya and look who I've got to. Here we go. Okay. Hello, hey everybody. Hey, hello. <laughs> oh, we just wanted to say hello and thank you for all the amazing guests that you sent us. We feel so blessed and loved by you. Thank you for sending Otieno our way. It was great to see him and to hear a little bit about what God's doing with you. And um, we are so encouraged. Thanks for praying for everything. Um, Life here has been going well. We really feel that God has been doing a great work um, in our family and also in the families that we support by teaching and helping their kids. Uh, so keep praying. Uh, keep looking to see what God is going to do through our ministry because we know uh, he is incredible. And it's about what God can do here in Africa, not just Kenya, but in Chad and all the countries that we touch. Thank you for the chocolate. It's delicious. We've already eaten quite a bit of it. And we wanted to show you student health. This is where I work every day. So thank you for supporting us being here. And thank you for the socks that I'm wearing now. <laughs> Tony's wearing them. get holes in. But thank you for them and for the drawing stuff. Thanks for thinking of us. Yeah, Maranatha, thank you so much for supporting the missionaries and for all that we do for God's work around the world. Thank you. I'm looking forward to coming back to be with you. God bless you. Bye. That's awesome. Oh, I love seeing their faces. I love seeing the people who we pray for. I'll never forget leaving them in Chad, Africa, just thinking, oh, what a ministry they have. Let's take a moment and pray for them. Lord, I thank you so much for the family that we love. They were a part of us, and he was here as a doctor, and then you just worked in their lives to go do missions. And we are excited to be supporting them, not just financially, but even with socks. 
it was great to see how big Tony's getting. It's just, yeah, it's just wonderful to see the family, and we support them with prayer. Lord, I, I just continue that, to ask that you bless them. May OTN will be just an encouragement to them as he gives word from our church and how, the Lord, how, Lord, you are moving in our church and what you're doing, and just may that spur them on to love and good deeds. Thank you for our friendship with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So what I want to do is I want to introduce our speaker this morning, but to do that, I just want to say a, a couple things. Never underestimate the power of a youth pastor. Pastor Tony is right over there. You're already standing. So Tony. And I've said this many times. Outside of Maranatha, we have the greatest youth group and greatest youth pastor in all of northwest Wisconsin. He loves, he cares so deeply for our kids. So let's thank the Lord again for Pastor Tony. When I was a kid, after my parents got divorced, I had a messed up family, God providentially allowed me to have Bob Lenz as my youth pastor. And uh, the influence of his family in my life, I quickly became Cody the dog because I was there all the time. And uh, I don't know if they got it or I bought it. I just got a dog dish that said Cody the dog, and they put real food in there. I was the greatest babysitter they ever had. I'd give them tons of chocolate before the parents got home, and I left. But he was a great influence for me in ministry. He loved me in many ways. And uh, he even came, there's a picture, look at that. Look how young we are. He came to my college graduation. He convinced me to go to college because he never did. So he's like, you got to go. Go to Bible school. And when I graduated, he came on his birthday. I don't know if you remember that. It was your birthday. You came and uh, loved me. And I'm glad that he's here today. I'm glad his wife is here. In fact, when we were little kids, little kids, when we were in high school, most of us guys were like, we want to marry someone like Carol. Their marriage was what we wanted to. And by, so take a look at the next picture here. So here's a more recent one. And uh, one little short story, there was a time I think either Bob was praying or watching some scary movie. I'm not sure what it was. Um, Lake Winnebago, when it gets thawed out and windy, the ice can blow up along the shore and big chunks of ice can blow up there. So much of my friends, we got these big chunks and we brought them home and we started making ice sculptures. I don't know why. We just made crosses and big hearts and stuff. And I said, I'm going to give one to Bob without him knowing. So I went to 811 Main Street, is it right? You know, and I drove up my car. So either he was praying, I think he was praying, and uh, he was just you know, fighting the, the, the evil forces of the world and my taillights back up to the house. He thought they were demon eyes. And he saw me dragging a body, he thought, across the, the porch. And he was freaked out, prayed even more. I was just leaving an ice sculpture of a cross on his porch. But it helped him pray even the more. So, Bob, come on up. I want to pray for you. I'm excited to have you here. All right, let's pray. Father God, we do thank you for the brothers and sisters we have in our lives that influence us. We thank you for Pastor Tony and his wife, Michelle, who give so many hours to not just the youth, but to families. I thank you that 
Bob and Carol get to be here today. Lord, just use Bob. Anoint him, we pray, to speak your word in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Love you. Priest! And you know his involvement with the priest, right? It started early. He goes, go ahead. I got permission from them. <laughs> birthday, 25, and used 52 rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> and he actually got, got permission from the police, and they said, as long as you pick up any that go on the road and do it. And it is, let me tell you this, to see Cody now and being passed here for eight years, um, it's just an honor to be here. You know, just to tell him you love him, say thanks to your pastor, all right? But it's an honor. Honor to be here. Um, I want to read another introduction of how somebody introduced me. It was never going to be as special as that. But this guy introduced me, and I'm just going to read what he said. I was in Colorado Springs, and this guy is known me. This is my 40th year of ministry, and this is how the guy introduced me. Today we have with us Bob Lentz, and Bob speaks to over he knew me for 40 years. He goes, Bob speaks for over a half million students a year. He has spoken in all 50 states, 35 countries. He's authored six books. Um, one is out in the lobby today, 18. And he also runs a festival called Life Fest, which is one of the biggest festivals in the country. And he started a movement called the Dignity Revolution. And then this guy goes, and I knew Bob when he was still speaking to junior high kids. Please welcome Bob Lenz. I didn't know what to do. I'm still speaking to junior high kids. I, I, I think he was trying to be nice. I think he was saying, Bob's gotten a little better. We can trust him with a real audience now. Adults. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't mind speaking to adults much. <laughs> but, but I do have a question. We're having a, a Valentine's banquet today. During the Super Bowl. So I'm like, are the wives just going to be there? <laughs> right? And it said, we should get excited about Jesus as we do about the Super Bowl. And so I saw this on, on social media. He said, so next time your pastor makes a good point, pour Gatorade over him. <laughs> but it would, it's going to be a good time tonight. So, but let me tell you, I don't mind speaking to adults, but people ask you for real. Bob, why do you speak, still speak to junior high students? It's because of this verse. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20 says this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. That's called the Great Commission. The great commission. Way to go. Can I point something out? That's the Great Commission. Not the great suggestion. It's not a suggestion. That is what we're supposed to be about. That was Jesus' last orders to us. Go and make disciples. That's what the church is supposed to be about. That's what we're supposed to do. I was youth pastor for seven years before I went on road full time. And we had ours on Tuesday, so I could already speak at different youth groups. And I will never forget, it was a Friday night. And one of the students in the... And the youth group called Friday night late, and he goes, Pastor Bob, 
Pastor Bob, you got to come over. I have a friend here, and I think he wants to come to Jesus. I said, that's great, but I'm going to bed. <laughs> he said, Pastor Bob, you didn't hear me. My friend wants to come to Jesus. you got to come over. I said, that's awesome, but I'm only a part-time youth pastor, and I already put in my 60 hours. I said, I'm going to bed. He goes, Pastor Bob, you have to come. It's your job. Tony, youth pastor here, now I was ticked. Because now not just the lead pastor and the elders get to tell me my job description, but a 16-year-old high school student, a lineman. <laughs> hey, I play line, don't get me wrong. But I'm like, what? And I don't know if I should have done this, but I, I think I... I pull scripture on him. Ephesians chapter 4 says, To the body God gave pastors, teachers, evangelists for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. I said, if you don't know how to lead them to Christ, I didn't do my job. Good night. <laughs> and I hung up on him. He was so mad. But guess what happened that next Sunday? He came into Sunday service with a brand new believer by his side. And guess who led him to Christ? Not the pastor, not the youth pastor, not Billy Graham. Students don't even know who that is. <laughs> not the evangelist. He did. That's what we need to do. We got to see the youth are not the church of tomorrow. If they know Jesus, they're the church of today. Amen? Come on, give that a little bit for the kids. That's what we got to do. But here's the sad part. Nine out of ten Christians have never led another person to Christ. Nine out of ten. But some people say, oh, Bob, it's not my gift. Now, I think the church made a mistake back, some of you weren't born, back in the 70s. Do you remember the gift analysis test? You take your spiritual gift, and they said that evangelism was one of the gifts. Cody, show me that in the scripture. You got a lot of books in your, in your bookshelves there. Show me that in scripture, right? Even if it was, I don't think evangelism is. I'll explain in a minute. But even if it was, I don't think I have the gift of giving. So does that mean I don't have to tithe? Uh, it's not my gift. Just pass it. No. But according to Scripture, I don't think evangelism is a gift. We're all called to be witnesses. According to that verse in Ephesians 4, it says that the evangelist is the gift to train all of us to share our faith. You know what that means? I'm your gift. <laughs> you may not want your gifts. <laughs> you may want to bring it back to Walmart or send it back to Amazon. But let me tell you this. The Bible says that every one of us are called to be witnesses. Um, let me do something over here. Um, young man, second in. What's your name? Landon. Landon? Cool name. How old are you? Thirteen. Thirteen. Perfect. You a believer? Yes, sir. You believe in Jesus? Yes, Good. Otherwise, this would have been tough. <laughs> okay. Um, is, where do you go to school? Um, homeschool. Homeschool. Awesome. Um, I got, how many? We have 14 grandkids now. Um, and, and two families of them homeschool. Awesome. But in your neighborhood or any of your friends in, say, around here in Red Lake, do you think there's anybody that doesn't know Jesus in the world? 
So you know somebody on your street. Okay, awesome. Now, Landon, I'm not going to ask you to win the whole world for Christ. That'd be a lot to put on a 13-year-old. But what I am going to ask you is this. Will you live out your faith, not just when you're in church, not just when you're singing, not when you're just listening to Pastor Cody or when you're youth group with, with Tony, but live out your faith. And when people ask, Landon, what's different about you? Just tell them it's Jesus. And it's so simple. Let me tell you, we have some shirts in the back. We used to have these things called VCRs. That was before DVDs. Now what, they just stream, right? But we had it, and it stood for value, courage, and respect. My wife, Carol's going to be back at the table. You go back there. I want to give, would you like a free T-shirt? Sure. Okay. He's like, sure. <laughs> okay, you know what? You didn't pay for it, right? It's nothing you did to get it, but we're going to give it. That's a gift. That's called grace. Do you know that's all we have to tell our friends? Jesus is free. John chapter 1, verse 12. To as many as receive, just say, sure. Gave he the right to become children of God and believe in his name. That they believe that they died on the cross, rose from the dead, and just have to receive him in their heart. That's it. All I'm asking you is live that out for one person. And then when he's having a hard time, say, you know what? There's a God that can actually answer prayer. And just pray with him. It doesn't have to be a big, long prayer. You don't have to impress him. Just God help. That's even cool. But then when he doesn't know what to do in a situation, bring him to the instruction book. You got a Bible? Yeah. Yeah. Not on, that's okay. But I have mine actually on my phone. And so I can listen to it. When you need instruction, help him show where to find it in the Bible. And then invite them to youth group or to one of the districts that you guys just had. I mean, just great. Or invite them here or just hang out. Show them that the kind of music that you can have and worship. I mean, this is awesome, right? And just get them to follow Christ with you where he comes to Christ. You know what that's called? Discipleship. If Landon just did that with one person and then walked with them in prayer, the word of God, fellowship, worship, for six months, just one, now remember, nine out of ten of us never led another person to Christ. Just one. When's the last time he prayed for somebody that didn't know Christ? That they would come to a relationship. Just one. And then you each split off. And instead of addition, we multiplied. Jesus took one, one in the Christ, and discipled him for six months. And then you split off again and did it again. Guess what? In less than 18 years the whole world would be one to Christ. 18 years. I want that number 18 to stick in your head today. 18 years. Yet here we are, 2,000 years since Jesus came, and guess how many students under the age, thank you, Landon, I embarrassed you, you did good. Give him a round of applause, right? Awesome. Keep following Jesus. He took his coat off. He was getting warm, all right. But guess how many students... 18 or under are in our churches today across our country. Less than 18%. I have a question for you. Is that okay with you? Is that okay? But then we've been taught good. The church isn't the building, right? We are the church, believers. Well, then listen to this. They tell me that four out of five students, 18 and under, around the world, don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Our job's not done. This is, it's so good to see a full church. It's so good to see people worshiping God. 
We're supposed to be here to get a mission to go out. I love it. You are entering your mission field. You're entering out. That's where we're going. Would you turn with me in your scriptures or if you can look on the screen if you want. I want to show you what Jesus said. In Luke chapter, what number did I want you to memorize? I didn't hear you. Okay, Luke 18, verse 16. It said this. But Jesus called the children to himself and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to the pastors. Is that what it says? Oh, I'm sorry. The elders. The biggest tithers. The worship leader with skinny jeans. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I thought, I thought, I'm online. <laughs> no. It says that the kingdom of God belongs to such as these, the children. So here's my premise, what I want you to get today. If we're going to fulfill the Great Commission, right, it's not a what? Suggestion. Suggestion. Let's say the, the great, and it's not a? Right? If we're going to fulfill it, because that's what Jesus called us to do, make disciples, here's what we got to do. We have to refocus on the youth. Right? We're naturally, as a church, getting older. It's going to take a choice to go younger and to do that. Here's why. If we're going to fulfill the Great Commission, let's refocus on youth for three reasons. Number one, two out of three people come to Christ who call themselves Christians. Two out of three of them come to Christ before the age of? That's the lowest stat I could find. This is all backed up. Billy Graham organization said it's 85. 85%. But let's just use two out of three. I was speaking at a smaller church. And I asked the pastor afterwards, I'm like, how many people in your church? He said, about 100. I said, really? It looked like more than that. He said, oh, we don't count children. <laughs> I'm like, what? Why won't you count children? Did, did children matter to Jesus? Should children matter to us? Yes, yes, definitely. Now, I was at a mega church, and I know mega church are getting a bad word nowadays, but mega, you know what that just means, right? It just means big. This is a mega shirt. <laughs> okay? It just means big. But I asked them, and please don't hear me lifting up one style or strategy above another, but what they do, they would play two songs, and they dismiss the children for Sunday school. So I just asked, I went up to one of the par parishioners, and I said, ma'am, why do they release the kids for Sunday school? You know what she said? So the adults can enjoy the service. I said, ah, so it's babysitting. And she said, no, no, it's not babysitting. It's free babysitting. <laughs> now, please hear me. I love Sunday school. I think that every church should, but is it the Sunday school in the church responsibility to lead your son or daughter to Christ or disciple them? Who's the number one responsible? Parents, mom and dad. A good Sunday school program that, that I know you have here will come alongside. Matter of fact, when he introduced me to the children's uh, pastor today, Cody said, he's, he's the children's pastor. Well, really the family because he works with all the families. To come alongside. But what we have to start seeing is that it's our responsibility to raise them in the Lord. 
and to teach them the way that they should go. We've got to get to the point where this really matters. Um, there was a guy in our church. You have, a, you have an awesome worship band here. And there was a guy in our church. He was a musician as well, and he played a lot of cover bands, and he had his own original, and he played in a lot of places throughout the town. But as he grew in his faith, he said, you know what? I really think the Lord wants me to use my talent for the church. He said, I think I want to start playing for the church and for God's glory. I'm like, that's awesome. He said, yeah, that's what I thought. He said, but I told a pastor, and he would not even let me play on the, listen, on the stage, not the altar, on the stage on Sunday morning. The pastor wanted me to play for the children's church. He said, what an insult. <clears throat> said that to the wrong guy. <laughs> After I hit him, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm a, Chris, I'm a Christian. I helped him up. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I said an insult. What a, what a, what a joy. What a gift. What a responsibility. Please hear me. So many times people see junior high, children's church, high school pastors as a stepping stone to the real pastor. And it was so cool to hear that your youth pastor here has been here longer than the senior pastor. So many times when a new person comes in, they just get rid of all the staff and do it. Cody, I think it was so awesome that you kept him on and just believe in the youth minister that's really making a difference. Give, I, I, we're just going to honor youth today. Give Tony and their round of applause. Make sure you support him in the Sunday school. It's, uh, it's, it's purposeful. We are naturally going over. So if we're going to fulfill the Great Commission, we have to refocus on youth for three reasons. Number one, two out of three people come to Christ before the age of 18. Number two is this. The enemy is targeting that group. Um, let me tell you this. Do you, let me ask you. Do you still believe that the Bible is the word of God? That it's, it's true, infallible, to read it in context of where it was, but that there's still a right and wrong? There's still a good and the evil? There's still God and Satan? There's still heaven and hell? We have to believe the word of God. And if it's true, we have an enemy. And if you don't turn on the news and see what's going on and believe that there's an enemy targeting our youth today to indoctrinate them, to tell them what to believe and what not to believe, that even 80% of our own students raised in the church when they go to college are walking away from their faith, and there's a deconstruction of their faith going on. Now, I think every person should go through a point where they make it their own. A guy taught me, said, with your kids, Bob, have them be independently dependent on Jesus. Because so many times as Christian parents, we put a bubble over them and make sure they obey us under our thumb, and then they go in the world, and the biggest pressure wins. And so then the peer pressure wins. But if we show them, no, we're giving them wings and roots to teach them to be independently dependent on Jesus. Because, right, no grandkids in heaven. It's just faith. One, right? So we got to do that. So let me share another scripture out of Leviticus. <laughs> When's the last time you did the study out of Leviticus? But guess what chapter? You can't make this up. Listen to this. 
Leviticus 18.21. Do not give any of your children to be sacrificed to Molech, for you must not profane the name of your Lord God. Do not take it in vain. When I do public schools before COVID, pray, pray that schools come back. This is one of the areas, I think 20 years ago, Cody just told me this morning, there's a guy in the church here that said when he was in high school, he came to one of our rallies and he gave his life to Christ. We've been doing this for 40 years and, and I'm, still, I'm still going into public schools and we invite him back at night. And he teaches here, please, we'd love to come back. We have a program, Dignity Revolution. But one of the ways we talk, I can't pray in a public school. I can't share scripture. We talk about values. But the way we break down the walls with the students is we tell embarrassing moments. Right? We just tell embarrassing moments like when a guy and girl were at a date and they were having their first kiss and, and the guy started pull. Is this okay to do this here? <laughs> Cody's like, I'm going to be in trouble. All right. <laughs> just come and put some ice sculpture in my yard. Okay. But he said he started pulling her lips towards him. And we're this far apart. He burped. <laughs> <laughs> and the girl says, how long did you want to do that, right? So I just tell these, just to break the ice, because they think they're always there to say what they're doing wrong. And a lot of times the church is known for what we're against instead of what we're for. And so we just love them, get them to laugh. Well, it's at a camp. And I don't know what it is, but... Another 16-year-old football player came up to me and, and I said, if you've got an embarrassing moment, I'd love to hear it. And he came up afterwards. He goes, I have one. I said, what is it? He said, mine's not funny. I said, you can tell me. He said, two weeks before I came to camp, I found out my parents were getting divorced. He said, Bob, I know what happens to a lot of people. But Bob, it really hurt. And I know I'm a big football player, but Bob, I just cried and cried. Until one of my friends who'd been through the same thing was there for me. And I felt like I was doing okay until two days before I came to camp. He said, my dad came to me and said that the reason him and mom were getting divorced is he found a new girlfriend, a younger woman who he wanted to start a new life with. He said, and I talked to mom and she says she can handle the girls, your two sisters, but she doesn't think she can handle you. And I really just want to start a new life with my girlfriend. And he looked at his own son and said, so we called social services. We'll find out if we can get foster care until you're 18. What do you tell him? He said, Bob, you know how embarrassing it is that your parents are in court because neither of them want you? The enemy is targeting that group like never before. But he always has. Right? Let's, let's go back, like if you look at even Egypt, when the people of God, the Israelites, were in Egypt in slavery, God was prospering them. Well, there's a big message right there, isn't it? Even in their hard times, look for the blessings. That God can bless you even when things are hard. And there, so what they do, they were being so blessed that Pharaoh said, we have to go kill the children. Right? When Jesus was born, and the wise men came looking for the star, and they went to Herod. And they said, where was he who was born the king of the Jews? And Herod said, I don't know, but when you find him, come and tell me. I want to worship him too. Let me ask you something. Do you think Herod wanted to worship him? How many kings can you have? Just one. How many gods can you have? Just one. So the angel warned him, 
And they went a different way. And then he went out and did what? He killed the children again. The enemy is targeting this, and God is looking for somebody to stand in the gap. Go back to Leviticus 18.21. Do not give any of your children to be sacrificed to Molech. Did you ever study what the god Molech, small g, is? He had a body of a human and a head of a bull. And his arms were out like this, and he was a god of fire, and there was fire in. And there was time for offerings if you wanted your life to be blessed. You wanted your job to go good. You wanted your health. You wanted your family to be good. You know what you had to do? You had to sacrifice your children. Could you imagine parents putting your child in there? Could you imagine the cries and the screams and the smell? And they're like, what? What a wicked people. Let me tell you, our God is the only God that doesn't take our sacrifice. We're like, well, what about Abraham and Isaac? Well, Jesus wants to be number one. But as soon as he saw that he was more important, the angel stopped him, right? Our God sacrificed himself. All other religions, you got to earn it. Christianity, he did it. But you're like, how could they ever do this? But you know what they used to do? Because the cries were so bad, they would play the drums louder and louder to drown out the sound of the cries of the children. You're like, Bob, even our society isn't that bad. Or are we? And it'd be easy right now for a preacher to point as we the good people and they the evil people. Right? Even the lost, all they are, they're the same as us. They've been made in the image of God. They're just somebody who hasn't found him yet. We're not here because we're good, are we? I'm not, I'm not in church because I'm good enough. I'm, I'm in church because I need a Savior. It'd be so easy to point about business and money and possessions and big homes or whatever it is. But every day in America... 1,800 teenagers attempt suicide every single day. Matter of fact, during COVID, the number of calls to, to hotlines went up 800%. You know how many complete it every day? And here's one time I hate this number. 18. 18 kids a day. But I wonder if we're pounding the drum faster and faster just to drown out the cry. We need to read Lamentations again and cry for this world to break our hearts with what breaks his. But it's easy to point to them. But when I went, when I read this, I remembered a time when I was growing up and our oldest daughter Amber said to me, Daddy, why do you like speaking more than being with us? What was I supposed to say? Because they clap. Some, like last week at a school, I got a standing ovation. When I came home, if your mom and you would just get off that couch, stand up and applaud, I would come here more. Do you think I said that? No. It pierced my heart. And so we came up with a new saying. As a family, we will sacrifice. But we'll never sacrifice our family. That we have to look that the enemy is targeting. I'm asking you today, will you 
fulfill the Great Commission? Will you refocus on youth? Why? Three reasons. Number one, two out of three people come to Christ before the age of? Number two, the enemy is? Say that one more time. The enemy is? Targeting that group. Number three is this. Well, let's look at one more scripture. Let's go to Matthew chapter, it really is. Matthew 18 says this. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And if anyone causes one of these little ones who believes in me to stumble, it'd be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Those are heavy words, right? And you know who said them? Jesus. You know how I can tell? They're in red. (laughs) They're in red. But I'm like, for the author of life to say this, this is so important to me, the faith of this next generation. Those are all in words. If you play cards at all, or if you watch on TV, Texas Hold'em, and they say, I'm all. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. He didn't come to be served. And if his mission was to reach the children, and we are Christ followers to be like him, what are we supposed to be about? Winning this next generation to say, God, I'm all in for you. I'm all in for the lost. How many business people here, businessman or woman, would you raise your hand? All right. What do you do? Sales. Sales. Okay. What's your name? Scott. Scott. If two-thirds of your business came from one group of people, would you ignore them? (laughs) Would you just tolerate them? Right? Wouldn't you invest in, develop, and mentor, and whatever it took? Because that's where it comes from. So two out of three people come to Christ before what age? 18. So and if our mission is to make disciples, right, which is evangelism and discipleship, there's always been a war. What's more important, evangelism and discipleship? You can't, they go together, right? Evangelism and discipleship. A real disciple will evangelize. And you can't make a disciple unless they're evangelized. They go together. But if two out of three come to Christ before the age of 18, don't you think that if our mission as a church that we can't just get inward turned, but we need to be outward and focus on the youth. So if that's true, two out of three came before 18, wouldn't that say that a big percent of the budget in a church should be focused to youth? If our purpose... (laughs) Way to go. But if our purpose, and I, I get, I might be stepping on some toes here, whoops. But if our purpose is discipleship, is to reach the lost, then doesn't, isn't that what matters? Can I tell you nationwide, and let me tell you, there's not a lot of churches your size that still have a full-time youth pastor and a children's pastor. So I applaud you. But hear me, nationwide, guess what the average is? Church budget, purpose of the church, make disciples. Two out of three come to Christ for 18. The average church, less than 15% of their budget goes to ministries of students 18 or under. We're more interested in making you and me comfortable than fulfilling the mission that Jesus gave us. 
and it's got to turn. World missions. World missions, right? Their whole purpose is to reach the lost. And if two out of three come to Christ for 18, right? Shouldn't world missions be focused there? Less than 10% of world missions. I'm saying this. What I'm going to ask you today in closing is this. What are you doing with your time, your talents, and your treasures? Are you giving your time, your treasures, and your talents to the Lord for the Great Commission? Um, parents, I'm sorry, but I got a tattoo right here. It says, in God, because we're going to talk about that at the banquet tonight. I'm in God with my wife. I'm in love with my wife. But when I got a tattoo, my oldest daughter said, Dad, you can't get a tattoo. You're a Christian speaker. You have to be an example. And then he said, Be- she said, besides, you're not cool. <laughs> you never were, so don't try to be. I'm like, ouch. But she said, Dad, these kids don't need to be impressed. They just need to be loved. Some of you are like, I'm too old. I can't, I mean, they're always on their iPhones. I, they just need somebody to love them. They just need a grandma, grandpa, mom, dad to step in. A lot of messed up families, like Cody was talking about. Stand in the gap and just love somebody. Let me tell you, it's so good to see young people like Glandon and his family and some of us snowbirds, this is fake, in this room. We need each other. The youth need the older people like never before. And we need them. The strength of a young man is their zeal, and the strength of an older man is his gray hair. Come together. Time, talent, treasure. Let me end with this story. I was speaking in Pennsylvania at a festival like Life Fest called Creation. And I had the youth pastors in there. And there was a youth pastor from the Methodist church. You talk about a church that started on fire. Study Wesley. Um, and, and the things that have happened through the, the Methodist church, there was a revival that started in Asbury in 1970 at their college. They just had this prayer time at one stop. Just keep praying for revival in America. They had a chapel at Asbury this last Wednesday. It hasn't stopped. It's Sunday. And they haven't stopped since last Wednesday. Young people, older people together, seeking God, crying out, worshiping, singing praise. Go check it out online today. It, it, it looks like God is stirring his people again. Maybe we can have another 70s Jesus movement, right? But the Methodist church, like so many, do you see churches? Look at, look at how many denominations we have, right? Start like this. Wesley said, put yourself, yourself on fire and people will come, right? So committed. And then they plateau. And then they start growing old. And we give up. You know what? It says old men will have visions. Don't stop. Our work's not done. The task's not done. The church needs you. The youth needs you. And he said, the Methodist church, he said, just even get a good youth group like a good camp. They're going to Arrowhead. Sign up. Make sure your kids go. He said, the whole district, we only got 100 kids. And he said, and we had, you know, just a junior high, and they didn't have any sleep. Like, if you work with junior high, junior high, I love you. It's just a weird age. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. 
It's like one time I was speaking in this kid, uh, puberty hit, pimples all over. It just came out of nowhere. Hold on. But it's such an awesome, but it's like they're on Red Bull or something. And he said, we had games, we had Bible studies, we had worship. Fifteen kids gave their life to Christ on that retreat. And others grew in their discipleship and committed to prayer and Bible study. But the kids wanted to be in the service so bad, they were pressing on the doors before they opened them so they could get the front seats. That doesn't happen in churches, right? But somebody leaned to arm, they, they broke the lock on the door. And it cost $35 to get the lock fixed. And somebody broke one of the rules and they brought a Coke into the sanctuary and they spilt it on the carpet. And they had to get the whole carpet cleaned. So the elders got together a month later and went back to the youth pastor and said that they couldn't have the youth gathering there next year. Adults, please hear me. Value, courage, respect. I talk about respect. Respect for the police. Respect for the authority. For families. For yourself. So please, for, for property. I'll talk about respect. But with that said, I hope that your church, Maranatha here, has the most broken doors and the dirtiest carpets of any church in Wisconsin. Why? Yeah, why? No, no. Be, be careful. Students, treat it with respect. But why are we going to put our money where our mouth is? Please hear me today. We have to fulfill the Great Commission. I believe we're in the end days. I do. I've never said that, I think, out loud. But you look what's going on. They need some good news. You have the good news. His name is Jesus. It's a gift. Um... I know this, if this sounds, I may get challenged afterwards, but I have a book. We have a bunch of books out there, but this one, 18, Faith for the Next Generation. I'm asking every person here to go and buy one. Here's why. I really do have 14 grandkids. And uh, did you see inflation? <laughs> I need some gas for my snowmobile. <laughs> no, you know what? My wife came to me and said, Bob, Let's not take any of the income from any of the books. Let's give it all back to go into public schools and win this next generation. So I'm going to ask you really to go and get one for this purpose. Will you refocus on the Great Commission? We can fulfill it by refocusing on youth. Why? Three reasons. Number one, two out of three come to Christ before the age of? Number two, the enemy is? And number three, it's the heart of Jesus. It's what Jesus was about. And it's what we need to be about. Christian, small Christ, followers, become more like him. I can tell you already have a passion for Jesus. Would you stir up inside of you your passion for the lost? Let's pray, and the worship team is going to come. And I heard them practicing this morning. This is my favorite song, my favorite Christian song. They didn't know that. And I heard they never even ever played it here before. It's going to be at my funeral. <laughs> no, for real. <laughs> because it's the whole gospel. At our wedding, 
sorry, seven people gave their lives to Christ. We want our lives to point to Christ. At my mom's funeral, 225 people came to Christ. Because sometimes they'll only come to church nowadays for a wedding or a funeral. Whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Keep living for him. Preach the gospel with words and without words. Let's do that for the sake of the next generation. You know what? When you guys go back to two services, let's have them this full for both. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, but I share with my whole family. They don't want Christ. I share with my neighbors. They just call me a Jesus free. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Keep living it. Keep praying every day. Every day I pray for every one of my kids and my grandkids and our neighbors. Bring them back to Christ. Would you pray with me? Just, if you would, just as the worship team comes, maybe just bow your heads, close your eyes, and if you say, Bob, the word of God stirred me today. I want to recommit to the Great Commission. I want to give my time, my talent, my treasures for the sake of the next generation. Maybe some of you need to volunteer for Sunday school or vacation Bible school or youth group and go on the retreat. Maybe some of you need to go, you know what, let's look at our retirement and maybe we need to give some more of our, our finances to the church for the advancement of the gospel. But God, all of us need to share and pray for our kids and our grandkids. If, if God has spoken to you and you say, Bob, I want to live for the Great Commission, again, or even in a greater capacity, would you just raise your hand? My hand's up. You said, God, use me. Use me to share your good news. Just raise your hand. Say, God, I'm, use me in school, at my work, with my family, with my neighbors. I will live for you. Holy Spirit, fill us so we can accomplish this because on our own we can do nothing. But with you, we can share the good news of Jesus. And in Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Please stand as you're able to and worship on our last song.